This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. The Bible says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. In Pastor Ray's two-day message entitled, The Real Meaning of Humility, Pastor sheds light on the simple truth that it is impossible to walk in obedience to God until you first walk in true humility. Using powerful examples of the humility of Jesus from His human birth to His death on the cross, the listener quickly comes to realize that humility, the way God has established it, is not the world's humility. Pastor encourages all not to chart their lives on other people's praises, but rather by way of true humility. Open up the pathway for God, not man, to give back into their lives. What does God will stamp you with a name mean? And why does pastor call the powerful principle of humility a state of mind? Here's more on why sometimes, on our way higher, we must first go lower. Church can be the most political machine uh, sometimes. Not all churches, but sometimes the church can be so political and we've got to come away from that. Thank God we don't have that here, Glory. Anybody comes boasting. I ever tell you about the time a, a, a young young family came to the church and, and the guy, the husband, you know, uh, wanted to get right up close to me. And I understand people want to get to know me. That's fine. I want to get to know you too. But he was here just a short period of time. And the next thing he did one day, he came and he said, well, Pastor, I just want to give you my resume. And uh, I said, your resume, why? I said, well, because I believe I'm called to the ministry. And if there was ever anything, you know, uh, for me to do here, I just want you to have my resume. And I thought, dear God, you haven't even been here long enough for me to even get to know you already. Handed. This is not IBM. I didn't put an ad in the paper that said, you know, we're looking for preachers or we're looking for teachers. I wasn't looking for anybody. You know, so, and I, I saw after a while, you know, my suspicions were, were, uh, I should say my suspicions unpleasantly were right because he stayed just for a short period of time and then he left and you know, well, I'm going to go start my own church. And I thought, gee, that's not the way God does it. You know, that's not the way God works. That's not the way God flows. I never did that. When I, when I ended up in the church that I called my home church, I just rolled up my sleeves and did whatever. And, you know, and whatever it was, was it vacuum the rug or clean the toilet or shovel the walk or whatever it was, I just did it as unto the Lord because I was just happy to have a home, a church home and a place and a pastor that loved me and people that loved me and believed in me. Come on, somebody, somebody, somebody. You see, I want God to give me the name. I want, I want to see when we live humbly before God, when we just live humbly in the presence of God, God begins to exalt you. You don't, ex- you don't have to say a word. What's the verse? I, I tried to quote it earlier. There's a verse in, in Proverbs that says, let another man boast about you, not your, let not your own words do it. Yeah, your own lips. 
Don't, don't let your own lips boast. Let another man do it for you. And you see, when, when you walk humbly before God and before your brothers and sisters and you just live a life of humility, God begins to do something in your life and people begin to recognize and they'll, they'll boast about you. They'll boast about you. But you know, even in that, you have to be careful. Many of you come to me after I preach a good word, pastor, that was good. And, and you know, I have to be really careful with that stuff because I could start charting my life by your praises. And if I do that, then I'm going to fall out of obedience to God. Sometimes I have to humble myself and give a message that I really don't want to give because it's corrective. Oh, boy. I didn't get too many amens on that. But, but you know, sometimes people will praise you, and that's a good thing, and let them praise you. But this is what you do. This is my practice. You praise me. I say thank you, hallelujah, and I lift it right back up to Jesus. Because everything I am and everything I have and every anointing in my life and every, everything that I is all Jesus. It's not me. Come on. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, so we've got to learn that even when people praise us, hold on to it. I hold on to it for about three seconds. Now, now don't stop praising me because I love it. When I do a good job, tell me I do a good job, all right? It's fine. I'll take it. But I don't hold on to it. I just flip it right up to heaven. Glory to God. Comes this way and it goes that way. Come on. Glory to God. And, and we need to learn to do the same thing. Let, if people do praise you, then really what that ought to just show you or prove to you is that you're doing God's will. If others see it and you're not boasting about it or talking about it or flapping about it, let others boast about you and then you humbly receive it and you gratefully lift it back up to the Lord and you let it go and you forget about it. Because you know what? I'm going to tell you, if you let people build you up and you get all pumped up on people's accolades or the accolades of people, the same people that pumped you up are the same people that are going to deflate you. That's why you can't hold on to that stuff. You see, I, I, I mean, I appreciate everything you said, but I said, it never gets to my head. I can't afford it to get to my head because the same, and I've, I've been in preaching now for 25 years and in my 25 years, some of the, some of the people that have praised me the most were the ones that hurt me the worst. Some of the ones who praised me the most were the ones who were the first to leave at the sign of trouble, you know, when the enemy comes in. So I'm telling you something. Listen to me. Don't, don't, don't be puffed up by the accolades of men. You know, don't let, don't let that get on you. What you need to do is you need to just put it back to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're the one that empowers me. I can't do this without you, Lord. They don't, they're not seeing me. I want them to see you. I like what John the Baptist prayed when Jesus started, or what John the Baptist said when Jesus stood before him. He said, I must decrease that he, you, might increase. Glory. Come on. How many of you want more of Jesus? You want to see more of Jesus in your life? You want people to see more of Jesus in your life? Well, the way for that to happen is that we must decrease so that he may increase. Glory to God. And every day we've got to decrease a little bit because every day we have opportunities to get, you know, to get um, offended or to be hurt by people or to misunderstand things or, you know, whatever it be. We've got to humble ourselves because th this to me is the Christmas story. This is what God is trying to get across by doing this great, wondrous miracle by sending a part of himself to the earth, but doing it in the most humble way. To show mankind that humility will always win out and triumph over pride 
Even when they hung Jesus on the cross, there were the prideful ones that jeered at him and snickered at him and said things like, well, come on, if you're God, if you're who you say you are, you did miracles for everybody else, jump off the cross. Come on, get yourself down. He said, no, humility will hang here and die, but humility in God's time will rise again on the third day. Come on, glory to God. Because God had a purpose. God had a purpose. God had a purpose. So he said, humbled himself and became obedient. And therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name that which is above every name. Now, one thing you need to know is that when God gives you a name, when God begins to identify you, like I never, I never named myself minister, pastor. I never did that. I just, like I said earlier, I just put my hands to the plow. I did whatever. I was given this to do and that to do and the other. And I just did it willingly. And my, my, my attitude towards my pastor in, in, in the church uh, that I grew up, and I shouldn't say grew up in, but the church where I was for about five years, I said to the pastor, whatever it is that you want me to do, I will do it. And I remember one time I, I was, I think I've given this story, but let me, let me just... Um, recounted to some of you i remember one bitterly cold winter's day night it was a night it was a friday night and i would get so excited on friday because we would go to church and we used to have these ripping services at that church on friday night and we'd sing and we some of you were there we'd sing and we'd worship and we'd praise god and we'd the uh, the pastor would preach and miracles would happen and people would come to the altar and people would go down in the spirit. And it was this one bitterly cold winter's night. And I, I got to church early like I always did. And I was the, one of the worship leaders, or I should say the worship leader at that time. So I was very excited about getting up there and leading worship and, and uh, you know, singing because I still just love to get people going and, and so on and so forth. Well, I, I come up to the front steps of the church and I'm greeted by the pastor and he was, he's, he was a big man. And he said to me, Raymond, I said, yes, sir. He said, the youth leaders just called and said that they could not uh, come tonight because they're both ill and there's nobody to take the youth tonight. So you're the only one that I can trust taking the youth. And I'm thinking to myself, gosh, darn it. Why am I so trustworthy that he trusts me to take the youth? I don't want to take the youth. That's the last thing on earth I want to do tonight is be with these kids who don't even, you know, they don't obey. They don't listen. They, you know, so he hands me, he hands me like, I don't know, 20, 20 bucks or 30 bucks and says, this is what I want you to do because you don't have a lesson planned for them tonight. Just walk them over to the friendlies, which was about a mile down the road in the bitter cold and keep them busy for about an hour at friendlies if you can, and then bring them back and hopefully we'll be finished with the service. And I was like, dear Jesus, I do not want to do this with everything in my heart. I do not want to do this, but I had to humble myself. And I had to say, Pastor, whatever it is, okay, I will take the youth. And I remember sitting there with all these bratty kids, you know, three tables. Try, okay, you know, stop, you know, stop throwing the paper. Stop, you know, stop spitting the ice cream. Stop doing, you know, stop teasing each other. Stop poking one another. And, you know, trying to keep, keep them calm and quiet at the friendlies down the road, you know. And, uh, well, we, we made our way back to, uh, to the church and I walked in and I opened up the doors and there was perfect silence and I could just peek through the crack of the swinging doors and I saw that they were in the midst of this most awesome, awesome presence of the Lord and I'm thinking to myself, darn it, I missed it. I knew I should have said no. 
I should have sent somebody else to do that. I just missed out and I wasn't even involved in it. Hallelujah. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God taught me something right there. God taught me something about humility right there. And I had to repent right on the spot and say, Lord, you know what? Whatever. I'm grateful that I was able to take the kids and the pastor trusted me to take the children and watch them so that you could do this work in the service at this time because obviously there was somebody there that needed to get ministered to. I didn't need to be there. You didn't need me to be there. You needed me to be with the kids, even though it was less than exciting. Very less, very much less than exciting. You needed me to be there, so I just humbly received that. Now, that's just one little act in my life of having to humble myself. But as a result of those kinds of acts in your life, you are giving God the opportunity to give you a name because now people recognize that you're not trying to push yourself. You're not trying to be recognized. You're not trying to be appreciated. You're simply humbling yourself and doing whatever is needed to do. And therefore, God now stamps you with a name, just like he stamped Jesus with a name, that no man can take from you. Hallelujah. Nobody can take the name pastor or preacher from me because God has stamped me with that name. God is the one who put me in this place. And this is the whole message of humility. Now, I'm not trying to lift myself up by saying that, you know, I've got this corner on humility uh, or this market. uh, Help me. Market cornered on humility. Hallelujah. But I've learned throughout the years that the more we humble ourselves before God, the more we humble ourselves among ourselves between, you know, brother and sister and, and so on and so forth, the more God begins to stamp you and anoint you and empower you and bless you and begins to lift you up to where nobody, nobody, nobody will be able to take away that which God does in your life and God stamps you with. Come on, somebody, somebody say amen. I want the name. I want the name. Therefore, God highly exalted him and given him, has, and given him. So we understand that through humbling ourselves, we open up the pathway for God to give back into our lives. See, Jesus humbled himself. God highly exalted him and given and gave him the name that is above every name. Jesus has the name that is above every name. Why? Because God put it upon him. That's why it angers me when I hear people use the name of Jesus in cursing. They don't understand how powerful that name is. They don't understand the powerfulness of that name. That is the name that is above every name. And it goes on to say in this verse that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow. You know, I quote this a lot, so now you see where it is. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every knee is going to bow. Every knee is going to bow. Whether you bow on this side of eternity or that side of eternity, you're going to bow. And the message we need to keep preaching and the message we need to bring to humanity is you better bow now at the, at the, at the, at the feet of Jesus and give your life to Jesus before it's too late. Because when you bow on that side, it's going to be too late. You want to bow in the right place on that side. You want to bow in the, in, the, in, the, in the place where Jesus is ready and willing and wanting to accept you because you have lived for him in this earth. Come on, somebody. So it says every knee will bow. Every knee will bow before the name of Jesus. Every knee. Whether you do it now or you do it later, you're going to bow. I want to bow now 
I want to bow my knee at Jesus' feet right now. That at the name of Jesus, and, and let me just say this, you know, people that use the name of God in vain don't even realize it, but they're bringing a curse upon themselves because the name is powerful. And people say, you know, isn't it interesting how the enemy gets people to use the name of God in cursing? How come they don't use the name here? How come they don't use the name of Allah? How come they don't use the name of Confucius? Did you ever think of that? How come they don't use some other, you know, name that is, you know, uh, venerated or, or worshipped in other religions? How come it's the name of Jesus? It's the name of God. How come that name is because the devil knows that there's power in that name. And when you use that name wrongly, you're bringing a curse upon yourself. But the truth of the matter is when you use the name rightly, when you use the name in praise and you use the name in worship... Mm, let me tell you what, glory, that power to set you free, to help you, to heal you, to deliver you, to break bondages, to break fear is, is there and available because you understand what's invested in that name. So the story of Christmas is one of humility. So he says, therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the sound of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, those in heaven... So that teaches us something that angels and all the saints that have already deceased and have gone on to be with the Lord, when the name of Jesus is, is, is spoken, every knee in heaven bows. Yeah. Uh, we don't understand how this, how this happens, but, but every, every knee bows. Those in heaven, and those on earth, and knees are going to bow on this earth. We need to preach that. And those under the earth, that's talking about every fallen angel, every demon, Satan himself, when he hears the name of Jesus, he must bow. Everybody say, must bow, must bow. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and give him the praise. So... So the five principles, let me just re, re, give them to you again. Number one, he made no reputation for himself. Number two, he became a bondservant, one who willingly serves. Number three, he humbled himself. Humility should be self-imposed. Number four, he became obedient. One verse says, obedience is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. And number five, God so uh, exalted him highly and gave him the name that is above every name. Some verses that you want to write down about humility if you don't have these. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. God is the one that does the lifting, not man. Amen? We don't lift ourselves. We don't lift others. God is the one. You humble, God will lift and God will, will do that. 1 Peter 5, 6, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So it's God is the one who does the exalting. And um, I like this. This is a verse that you don't hear preached too much because you would probably empty all the churches instead of filling them. But again, here today we have all the mature ones here. Amen. All the hungry ones came out today. And Matthew 16, 25 says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
So whoever gets lost in this walk of humility between... See, see, the act of pride is that we're always trying to save our reputation. Who cares about your reputation? Let me tell you what. You can work your whole life to build a reputation. You do one dumb thing and you ruin it. No one will ever respect you again. So don't go after a reputation with man. Go after a reputation with God. Let God make, make your reputation. Amen? You just serve God and you love God and you, you put your, and don't worry about what man thinks about you or how man, you know, uh, acts towards you. The heck with man. Man can't save you. Man can't help you. Man can't empower you. Man's going to make all kinds of promises and break them one after another. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So, so he says, you lose your life and you're going to find it. You, you get lost in God. You get lost in this walk with Jesus and you're going to find your life and you're going to come up better than anything you've ever had before. Because the fact is the lower you go, the higher God lifts you up. It's just like the principle of giving. The more you release, the more God gives. This, these are, this is how God works. So we can't be, and then he says this, listen to this. Jesus answered, I say to you, if there's anyone who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake or the gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. So he said that, listen, the more you lose yourself in God, the more you give up. To serve God, the more God is going to see to it, the Lord is going to see to it that your life is blessed and increased. Because one thing I learned a long time ago, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. I have to be reminded of my own life constantly purposing to walk humbly before God and before man. And the more humbly I walk before God and before man, the more God will bless and lift and help and increase so humility is really, really, really important in the life of a believer. God demonstrates it through the whole story of Jesus' life. And here you see it. You see it from his birth in Philippians 2 to his death. The writer, the Holy Spirit here, encapsulates the whole essence of Jesus' life just in these verses. It was humility and obedience from birth to death to resurrection. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. So... Let me give you a couple more verses, and I think we'll end right here. First Peter 5, 5 and 6. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the older. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Hallelujah. So don't ever think that, you know, you're having to humble yourself and God's just going to, you know, step on you. God will never do that. The Lord will never do that. You humble yourself and he's going to exalt you. James 4, 6. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And James 4, 10 says... Humble yourselves again in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, I thought maybe you were just trying to keep me humble this morning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is good. 
Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC radio ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.